morning. Uh, good to see you guys. I forgot to introduce myself earlier. My name is David, and I have the great privilege of being lead pastor here at Redeemer. So good to see you guys. And uh, we've got one announcement I want to make. A uh, lot of new people here at Redeemer, a lot of folks who have been here for a while, and some of us may be to the point where we're like, uh, I want to learn a little bit more. I want to know a little bit more about what this church is about, where it's going, and, and maybe even willing to be a part of the mission that we have here. And if that's you, I'd really invite you to come next uh, in two, two Sundays. After the third service, we're going to have our partnership lunch, where we talk about what it means to be a committed part here at Redeemer, what we believe, where we're going, and, and how you can be a part of our mission, which is to follow Jesus, to lead others to Jesus, and to change the world. And so uh, you can sign up online. You can also text partner to the text line, and uh, we'd love to have you there. There'll be a delicious lunch, and there is childcare if you need it. Okay, uh, today we continue on in week three of our series uh, called Anxious for Nothing. It's a series we've been doing the last couple of weeks. It's, it's about anxiety. What we've been doing is having a conversation about the experience of anxiety, trying to really understand anxiety, trying to understand what's underneath our anxiety, and even more than that, trying to see how following Jesus can actually help and even help us overcome our anxiety. Uh, today's message is titled Transcendent Peace, and we've been working through each verse, verse by verse of a time, uh, at a time of this passage in Philippians that really uniquely in all the Bible speaks to the experience of anxiety. We're going to look at verse 4-7, but we're going to read the whole thing. And actually, if you've been here at one of the earlier weeks, one of the things I've challenged you guys to do is actually memorize uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Uh, some of you guys have actually started doing it, which is amazing. Uh, I'm not doing this to say, hey, here's one more thing to load on to what you're doing. I'm doing it because I, I know it's going to be good for your soul. If you embed these words in your heart, and when moments of anxiety come, you can bring them to mind. And one of the things the Bible says about God's word is it's the sword of the spirit. And it, it can really uh, come and stand up to some of these moments of fear and anxiety we have. Last week, I also said that it's not that hard. I did. I memorized it uh, in one hour while I was sitting in a tree. And uh, somebody came up to me last week and said, David, what were you doing sitting in a tree? <laughs> uh, that's funny, guys. Um, and because uh, why would I be sitting in a tree? Just to clarify, if you wondered, I, was, uh, I had the week off and I was actually hunting. I'm a hunter. And so it's really boring sitting in a tree waiting for deer to come. And here I had my anxiety uh, screensaver on my phone and I was able to, to memorize it. You can too, okay? You really can. All right, we're going to go ahead and um, read it. Uh, so I'd encourage you, open your Bible to Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8, or close your Bible and say it along with me, uh, because you know it. Actually, uh, let's do it a little different this morning. Why don't we all say it together, okay? Uh, I'm going to lead us, but we can all read this or say it from our memories together, okay? All right, here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Well done, guys. Why don't we go ahead and pray, and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today and for this time and for these moments when we can open up the Bible and hear your word. Lord, I pray uh, for each one that is here this morning um, as we open up that passage and we think about what it is you'd have to say that by the power of your spirit we would hear it where each and every one of us needs to hear the message this morning, that, that you would be at work, that our hearts would be soft enough to be able to let you in, that our minds would be ready and present enough to know what it is that you'd say to us or lead us to do or lead us not to do. However you're working, Lord, do that work. Uh, may the words of my mouth, Lord, be pleasing in your sight. Make uh, this message better than it is. By your power, uh, make it make it move hearts and minds, Lord. And um, Lord, may the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Jesus. You alone are a rock and a redeemer. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So uh, there was a week a few months ago where I personally was not doing well. I was uh, very, very anxious. And I have been anxious before. I certainly have had many things in my life which have led to, to times of anxiety, but something about this week uh, a few months ago was different. Something was heightened. Something was a new experience for me in it. And one of the things that I noticed in this, this season, this week of anxiety, was that actually, like, anxiety was physically manifesting in my body. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced that? Um, I, uh, I, I, um, one thing that happened is, like, my stomach felt sunk in, right? And I had no appetite, which is amazing for me, actually. Uh, another thing that happened is I had this tingling sensation in the palms of my hands and the soles of my feet that was a little unnerving. I don't know if you've experienced that. Uh, I also felt uh, mentally and physically exhausted. I was lethargic, but I was unable to find rest even when I laid down. And, um, and, and on top of that, the thing I kept doing was there were some things happening, and I just kept incessantly checking my phone, my email, to see if something else would, would roll in, to see what else might come up. And, and I would tell myself, stop it. You know, you need to put this darn thing away. And three minutes later, there I'd, I'd go and I'd look, and I'd have that phone in my hand again. And it was like I couldn't even, I didn't even know I was doing it, right? And maybe that's concerning um, for some of y'all to hear, oh, man, Pastor David deals with anxiety like that. Um, Maybe it's reassuring to some of y'all to know that we all kind of do this. And I, you know, uh, 
I'm just a regular person, just like you. I deal with anxiety. There's things that come up, just just like for all of you. And um, and I think that many of us, and and all of us to some degree, know anxiety, right? We know this. We know this experience. How do we get out of it? How do we how do we break those moments? Where where does peace come from? Um, well, that's what we've been talking about these last two weeks here at Redeemer. That's what this passage is about. We focused in on verse, uh, verses four and five in week one. And what was the first way to, to overcome anxiety? It was joy. It was to see joy. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. What we do, what Paul is leading us to do, and this was one of the things that helped me, was to remember that, that God, that Jesus is Lord. He's sovereign. He's in control and trust in that and know that ultimately it was going to be okay because the one who loves me was was in, in control of the situation. And I could rejoice and take joy in that, right? The next thing we talked about was actually prayer. That was last week. We talked about how um, do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, how, how, how prayer is actually a disruptive force in our anxiety. When we find ourselves in the midst of it or cycling, one of the things that gets us out of it is prayer. It's remembering that there is a God who is near, who hears us and wants to hear our requests, is waiting to hear our requests. And when we make those known to him, it can turn, it turns, what it does is it turns our heads and our hearts up to the heavens instead of into the spirals down that we so often go in anxiety. Next week, um, uh, there's a fellow named James McKendry, who some of you know, who's going to talk about the last verse uh, where Paul talks about how we set our mind on good things, whatever is pure and right and admirable. And that is a really important tool to fight anxiety. But this week in verse 7 is the promise. It's the thing that really we want when we're in the middle of anxiety, the promise of peace, that there is a peace that God offers, right? Uh, Four seven. This is our verse for the day, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the promise, y'all, that there's a peace of God uh, that's there for us. What do you guys imagine when you think of peace? Is there a place that comes to mind? Is there a thing like uh, a state of being that you know? Uh, talking to someone peace for me they said was a tropical beach in the caribbean with turquoise waters right and clear blue skies and uh, white sands right and you're laying there on the beach and the breeze is blowing in your face and there is not a care in that world right um another person uh actually gave the opposite uh example of peace Peace for them was uh, sitting in front of a warm fireplace in the winter under a flannel black and red blanket with a cup of coffee in hand, right? Maybe that sounds like peace to you. Maybe not so much in Texas, though, right? Not most of the year, at least. Um, when we think about peace, usually what we think about is the absence of things, the absence of conflict, the absence of problems, the absence of concerns, nothing hanging over our heads, freedom from pain, right? Certainly peace is, is absence of anxiety of any kind, right? To, to be in that state of being. And if you actually look up the word peace in the dictionary, which means today we Google it, right? The first thing 
that, uh, that comes on is peace is freedom from disturbance. Freedom from any disturbance, right? It reminds me of what Shannon said when I asked her what peace was to her. And she said, those moments I get in the morning before anyone else is awake. That's my wife. We have four kids, right? And I'm asleep too, right? Um, and you know, the, the promise of peace is certainly, uh, is certainly partly here talking about absence um, in some ways, but it's actually the smaller way that Paul is wanting us to think about peace and this promise of peace. Because what I really want us to see in, in this verse is there's actually a different idea about how we experience peace than just having things removed. Uh, and that really becomes clear when we think about this word that describes the kind of peace being promised. And it's the word transcend. Transcendent peace is the promise in the verse. Paul says, and the peace of God, which what transcends all understanding, right, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to transcend? And really, actually, the more important question is, what does the Bible mean here when it says transcend? And when you're asking that question, uh, what we uh, pastor people like to do is look to the original Greek. Uh, and in the original Greek language, the word that Paul uses here is huberecho. Huberecho. Anybody want to try to say that? There's a little ch at the end. Huberecho, right? And, and it's the word for transcend, huberecho. And it's, it's really actually extremely helpful to look at uh, a first century Greek definition of this word because this is what it means. P uh, transcend means to stand out, to be the thing that is standing out from the other things. Transcend means to rise above, right? There are things at this level. To transcend them means to be above them. It, it also means to surpass, right? To be the thing that goes beyond Transcend means to amount to more. That's, I think, my favorite of the definitions. To transcend means to amount to more. What I want you to notice is that that's not absence, is it? That's not absence of things, right? Uh, when we think about peace, we're not often thinking about that. What we're wanting, what we're hoping for is usually absence. We're wanting whatever the source of our anxiety is to be removed, right? Uh, Lord, please resolve this problem that I have, deal with this racial, relational tension that I'm having with my boss at work. How do we want God to handle that? Well, we want our boss to be transferred to a new department, right? Remove that from my life or transfer me to a new department, right? Uh, that, that's so often how we're thinking about how, how peace comes, how we're going to experience it. But that's not what transcend is, is leading us towards, is helping us think. And, and transcend doesn't mean God's going to delete our issue. If the source of our anxiety is that we think we don't have enough money, listen, the promise of peace here is not that we're unexpectedly going to get a big check in the mail and it's all going to be okay. That's not it. Um, if the source of our anxiety is a doctor's diagnosis and a prognosis that's not good, Right? The, the promise of peace here isn't that we're going to be miraculously healed and the problem is going to go away. Okay, I, I need to be honest about that. That's not where you're going to find peace in your life if you're hoping and asking God to just remove the issue, to remove all the sources of, uh, of your anxiety. The reality is every single day of your life, folks, there's going to be 
places and sources of anxiety. You love some of those sources of anxiety, right? They're your family. They're your friends, right? There is going to be reasons for concern every single day of our life. The hope is not that those things go away, right? Uh, Here's the hope. Here's the good news. What can happen is that God can be bigger than the sources of our anxiety. It's that the promises of God surpass the concerns that we have in our mind. It's that we believe in our heart of hearts that God amounts to more than the things that we're worried about in our life. Let me say it, let me say it like this. Um, for the anxious mind, peace doesn't come from the absence of, discern- of concern. Peace comes from believing in the prevailing promises of God. Say it again. If you've got an anxious mind, peace will not come from the absence of all concern in your life. Peace will come in the deepest, most profound way when you believe in the prevailing promises of God. Okay? I also found it really helpful to think about it like this. Uh, this is a, an equation. My math brain sometimes goes this direction. Peace is when our trust in God is greater than, remember that from math, right? Is greater than our anxious thoughts. Does that make sense? Some math nerd told me in the last, after the last service, this is actually an in equation, right? It's not an equation, it's an is in equation because one is greater than the other, right? But th- this is, that's really it. Like, trust in God becomes greater than our anxious thought, and when that happens, that's when we experience peace. Uh, actually, one of the things that is really, was really helpful for me to see it like this is it also lets us know that so often when we're dealing with anxiety, uh, what we're doing is, is really trying to decide what to believe. We're dealing with competing narratives and competing truth claims that, that are cycling through our head, right? Um, uh, if we're worried that money isn't going to be enough, right? That's the, the thing we're believing, that it's not going to be enough. What are we going to do? We're going to live in the anxiety, holding on so tight to everything that we have, right? Uh, or the thing that we can choose to believe is that we have been given more than enough and that our Heavenly Father, as Jesus said, cares for us more than the flowers of the field or the birds of the air. Those are the two competing truth claims right at the heart of that battle for anxiety in our minds. Uh, That bad prognosis from the doctor, right? You or a loved one finds out that that this will probably lead to death, right? You know what transcendent peace is in that situation? It, it, It comes, it really comes when we believe in our heart of hearts that those who died with Christ will rise with Christ, right? That, that, that Jesus really, truly did overcome the grave. That's when we know that, when we believe this isn't the end, that Jesus has resurrected and we get to rise with him. That's when peace like a river attendeth our way. And if you know that hymn, it is well with my soul. That's why it is so often sung at the funeral of the faithful. Because even in the midst of death, there is hope, there is life, right? 
was a person named Jenny Allen, uh, and I'll share a little bit more about her later, but um, she developed a really excellent tool in a book she wrote uh, that she calls the Anxious Thought Guide. And I offer it to you this morning. It's really a tool that you can take and, and diagnose and deal with your anxiety. And it works like this. There's four parts, and you begin it at the upper left. And she says, you grab the thought. What is the thought that's going through your mind? What's the source of that anxiety? What's the thing I'm believing? And you write it down. What is it? You answer that question, what is it? Once you know what it is, what you do next is you diagnose the thought. You're really asking, is this a true thought? How likely is this to happen? Actually, counselors helping folks with anxiety will go through a process where they ask you to kind of think about how likely is this to happen? It's the same kind of idea. Is it true, right? Once you go there, you take it to God. And what you're doing here is you're asking, what does God say about this? What does the Bible say? And you open up God's word and, and you see what's true here. What do we know God says to us about this? This is when uh, it's sometimes helpful to use that little topical index in the Bible. Uh, your pastor even is going to say this. It's okay to Google it with caution, okay? Uh, y- you, you find out what God says, and then um, you make a choice, right? You look at that equation. Which one of these things am I going to believe? My anxious thought or, or what God says about this? And I, I'd strongly encourage you the next time you're working through one of these things, uh, we'll send this to you guys uh, this week. Take it, use it, see if it helps with your anxiety. I, I bet I bet it will. Another thing I'd encourage you to do, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this as much, but when you're dealing with anxiety, talk to a friend, right? When you are anxious, please reach out to a friend. Even do that guide with a friend, okay? Y- y'all, talk to those who love you when you're dealing with anxiety, don't, don't do it on your own. Don't try to do it on your own. You have friends that want to walk with you. Proverbs 17.7 says this, a friend loves at all times, all times, in, in your most anxious time self, right? And a brother is born for a time of adversity, right? God, God's saying those friends were born for those moments when, when we're struggling. Uh, and... Um, and it's just so important to know, this last week I was texting with a friend about something, and we were talking about something at the end of the exchange. I know this friend has a lot going on, and so I asked them, I said, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? And they said, thanks, but they, they didn't say anything, and that was the end of the text. About an hour and a half later, my phone buzzes, and I look over, and it's that same friend. And this is what they wrote. You know, part of anxiety is the incorrect belief that you have to do everything on your own. So I have a confession. I purposely avoided your offer of prayer, but actually I could really use that prayer right now. And they shared how I could pray for them. You know, Jesus-loving friends are some of the best tools we have to fight anxiety and you need them in your life. If you are not thinking of somebody right now, there are people sitting in these chairs next to you who want to be that person. This is one of the reasons we think it's so important to be a part of a group. It's not just about being here on Sunday. It's about having people that you love and love you in your life. 
So that's why we encourage you, be a part of a growth group. Get a part of a Bible study. Be a part of something where you, when those anxious moments come, you've got friends that you can lean on in times of adversity, okay? We're better together. Let me take this in one other, almost a different direction, but I think the passage goes there. If, for whatever reason, you don't want to reach out to others and you find yourself isolated, like being alone, trying to fight it alone, isolated, I want you to consider this. There's likely another force at play in your life outside of you, and I'm actually talking about the evil one. I'm talking about the enemy of your souls and your hearts, the devil. And one of the things that the enemy, the Bible says, he loves to do is, is tell us lies and introduce fears and isolate us is one of his greatest tactics. You know, that person, Jenny Allen, I mentioned earlier, um, she's actually a very famous uh, speaker. She leads something called the If Gathering, which is an event that we host here once, once a year at Redeemer. And her book that she wrote where she shared that guide is called Get Out of Your Head. And she in it shares her experience of anxiety and how she overcame it. And this was the instigating event in her uh, struggle and battle with anxiety. One, one uh, weekend, she was in Little Rock, Arkansas, speaking at a conference. And she had two sessions to do where she would speak. And then in the middle, she had a book signing. And uh, she got done with the first session. She was finishing up the book signing. And, uh, and for some reason, just the way things worked out, she ended up alone after this book signing. It usually doesn't happen at these big events. She's usually got people with her. But it just kind of happened. And there was this woman who had been during the book signing kind of there off on the side smiling. Jenny noticed her. And when she got alone and was about to kind of go into the auditorium because the next session was starting, this woman came over and kind of got into Jenny's face. And uh, what happened was her smile disappeared, her eyes narrowed, and she looked at Jenny Allen and she said this, we are coming for you. You need to quit talking about us. We are coming for you. Jenny said at first, like, those comments were so far out of context she didn't even really understand what was, she said, ma'am, I'm confused. What are you talking about? And the woman looked back at her and said, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Jenny was like, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And then the lady piped back, quit speaking of us, quit speaking of us. And, and, and she started to remember that in that last session, part of her talk, where she had actually talked about spiritual warfare. And, uh, and she realized what was going on. And so she realized this, immediately took several steps away, looked over and saw a security guard and said to him, hey, sir, uh, that lady in the foyer over there just made threats against me. Could you keep an eye on her? Would you watch her? And then she had to go give her talk. And so um, she leaves to the auditorium, and she starts her talk, and like 10 minutes, 15 minutes into it, all of the sudden, out in the hallway where she came from, she starts to hear yelling and shrieking. And she recognizes sort of the screams of this lady that was with her. And what was happening is they were trying to escort this woman out of the building, and she was resisting. And while she was doing that, Jenny could hear her, people in the auditorium could hear her. 
all of a sudden, the lights in the whole facility went out. Uh, it went pitch black, and the generator that was a backup didn't work. The backup to the backup generator didn't come on. And for the first time ever, for this big mega church she was at, they sat in darkness for those moments with the echoes of the yells of that lady, right? And then the lights came on, and she continued her, um, her talk and went home that night and thought, oh, my gosh, that was a crazy day and a crazy experience. Here's what happened, though. That night and for months uh, afterwards, she woke up at 2 a.m. just kind of randomly, and, um, and it was different than waking up like in the middle of the night that I'm sure all of us do to some degree. Here she would wake up and her mind was racing. She, she had all these anxious thoughts that were running through her head and they would start small, like she would worry about uh, something that uh, she had forgotten to do, like, oh, I needed to get the laundry done. And then she would start to get concerned about one of her kids. And what would happen is these thoughts would kind of escalate one after the other. She would, she would then, she then got to the point where she said, I started wondering, is my husband telling me the truth? Are my friends hiding something from me? And then it even kind of went to uh, even more profound fundamental questions. Does God really care about me? Is, is he listening? Is he there? Is God even real? And this book that she wrote was kind of her battle back to again believe and trust God and see an overcoming of that anxiety. And I, I want you to hear me. I don't share that story just to scare you. Um, I also don't share that story to say all of anxiety is spiritual warfare. Please don't hear me saying that, okay? Week one, we said anxiety is complicated. There are a lot of different reasons for it, okay? Um, but I do share that to say sometimes I think there is more going on here than our 21st century American minds are culturally conditioned to believe, okay? There is a spiritual battle for our hearts and minds. There is an enemy of our souls who loves to introduce anxiety into our lives. And, and that comes also from this passage. There's another word that really is important to see here, and it's this word guard. This word guard, ver verse 7, in the peace of God which transcends all understanding will what guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In the Greek, the word for guard is Phoreo, phoreo. And, and if you look at it, if you study it in, in the first century context, it means to protect by a military guard, either in order to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. You know what really jumps out to me when I read that definition? This is the language of battle. This, this is a word of warfare. Anxiety isn't just, I think what Paul's saying, it's not just another thing that we deal with, like an achy back or a headache. Sometimes there's a spiritual component to what's going on. Why would we need to be guarded if there wasn't attacks that came up against us? But, but there are spiritual things happening, and that's why Paul says in Ephesians, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
When you experience anxiety and it takes you to dark places, when it covers over you in fear, when you are lost cycling in your thoughts, that's, that's a battle going on. It's a spiritual battle. And, and, and here's what I need you to hear even more than that. This passage is good news, all right? Remember, we're not told that God guards us, so we're scared. Why are we told that, that, that Jesus guards our hearts and minds? So we don't have to be afraid. So we don't need more fear because Jesus is more powerful. He amounts to more than any spiritual force of wickedness or evil. And so what we have to do is learn to trust in the one who guards and protects our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, right? The one who has, who has overcome that, that power of darkness, who, who broke the curse of sin and evil, who has overcome it all in the grave. At the name of Jesus, every, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess. And there is nothing that we need to be afraid of. I just want to share uh, an experience that brought me great peace and just share the goodness of our God uh, and how he guarded me. I shared at the beginning of the message how there was a time earlier um, this year where I was dealing with some really serious anxiety. And that week, later in that week, one morning I was here at church and I ran into a fellow, uh, many of you would know, named Jim Clement. Jim's an awesome dude. And Jim had recently gone to visit um, uh, another family in our church uh, and, and uh, a couple named Dee and Don Knight. And, he, and Dee gave him something to give to me. He said, David, hey, I don't know what this is, but Dee really wanted me to give this to you and and I took this envelope and I said thanks and I took it back to my office I didn't even open it at the time who who's D and uh, Don background is actually kind of important here um, D and Don were part of the launch team for Redeemer when we started they've been a part of it from the beginning some of you know them they're awesome people but D's had over a decade-long battle with uh, cancer and so many Sunday mornings she's not able to be here uh, but what I can tell you about Dee is she's a saint, and she, although she may not be here physically, she is definitely with us in spirit. She watches it with us uh, the moment it's up on the web. She is always praying for our church. She is often praying for me. And um, I hadn't ever gotten anything from Dee before like this. I, in fact, hadn't seen Dee in a couple of months, but I I got back to my office later that afternoon, and I got this envelope, and I opened it up, and this, this is what was inside of it. It's a book titled, Putting an X Through Anxiety. Uh, she had no idea what was going on in my life and how anxious I was. Um, and yet, at the perfect moment, right, she gets inspired to send me this book through Jim. And it was such an incredible, calming thing to know that God had heard my prayers, to know that he was answering my prayers through people in ways that they had no idea about. And, and what I want to do is just read you some words um, from this book that are, that are so important that really spoke to me, that say this. 
I don't know for sure what you're afraid of right now, but I want to remind you, God's got your back. As a child of God in Christ, God Almighty has your back. No evil plan, attack, or fear can stand up to your good shepherd, Jesus. And even while you are sleeping, he watches over you. He doesn't just send you into the dark valley. He leads you through it with a rod in one hand and a staff in another. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, right? I want to tell you guys, we are guarded by the good shepherd of our hearts and our minds. Don't forget that. Uh, let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for the ways in which you guard our hearts and our minds, the ways in which you come up around us and you go before us and you stand behind us and you protect us and you love us. And we thank you that what we know is true is that your grace and love and protection always amounts to more than the anxious things that are going on in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would learn to to trust you, to walk with you, to lean into you. And Lord, in those times of anxiety, we would learn to believe the one who's the shepherd of our souls. In your name we pray.